What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and we spent all offseason talking about what I believe are the best draft strategies in fantasy football. We talked about zero RB, hero RB, double hero RB, and these are all really strong strategies from a structural macro type perspective. But we have drafts coming up this weekend, next weekend, Memorial Day weekend, Labor Day weekend, whatever it may be, whatever weekends are coming up, drafts are here. And you guys are all prepared from a macro point of view, but you guys know your draft picks by now, you know where you're going to be picking. So I wanted to zoom in this week to give you guys a last ditch effort to make sure everybody is ready to go for draft season. We are breaking down from a micro viewpoint each slot in the draft. So we talked about picks one through four a couple days ago. Today, we're going to go over picks five through eight. We're going to break down my strategy in this part of the draft, my targets, my fades, and then we're going to talk through four separate mock drafts from each draft spot from 105 through 108. So we're not going to waste any time. We have a lot to go over today. If you enjoyed the video at any point, make sure you get down below, subscribe, leave a like. Let's go. For the sake of this video, we're going to be dealing with full PPR, one quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, a tight end, and two flex leagues. Now, if you're three wide receiver, one flex, two wide receiver, two flex, I view both of those formats extremely similarly, almost exactly the same. What it comes down to for me is, is it half PPR, is it full PPR, and how many wide receivers can you start at one time? And when we talk about general strategy, I get a lot of comments and you guys are amazing. We've been getting a lot of growth, a lot of positive feedback in general right now. You guys have been amazing for that. But I get a lot of comments saying, hey, Ron, I have the seventh pick in my upcoming 10 team draft. What are we thinking? RB, RB, wide receiver, RB. And I want to make it clear. I never, ever approach a draft like this. I never go into my draft with a player in mind, with a rigid mindset and say, you know what? In the seventh spot, I am taking Devontae Adams no matter what, because then players fall, let's say Justin Jefferson or Cooper Cup or Jamar Chase are staring you down at the 107 and you had drilled into your mind that you were going to go Devontae Adams and then it just throws you all off or you reach on a Devontae Adams and pass up on good value. I stay water as Bruce Lee, as Michael Lewis said in the past, and we let the draft come to us. The whole point of strategy videos, right, my hero RB, double hero RB, what I'm talking about today is so you don't go into a draft with a rigid, you know, I am drafting this player, this player, this player. This is how I have it mapped out. It's so you can go in there, let it come to you, take the falling values, and then after the third, fourth, fifth round, you can then structure it into one of the three draft strategies I talk about, and it allows you to be extremely fluid in draft rooms. Now, I won't spend too much time on this, but our overall draft strategy is to follow the path of zero RB, hero RB, double hero RB. And if you've never heard of those before, I'll make sure to link a playlist at this point in the video so you guys can see those videos we covered them in the past but pretty much all three of them have in common avoiding the rb dead zone from rounds three through six while stocking up on enough wide receivers to dominate the flex so to dominate the flex a rule of thumb that i like is to come out of the first 10 rounds with enough wide receivers to fill your flex another wide receiver for injuries another wide receiver for bye week so two wide receiver two flex leagues that's two wide receivers two flexes and then two for buys through round 10 if you have two wide receiver spots in one flex spot. That's three spots. Overall, you can start wide receivers. You want another one for injury, another one for buys. That is five through 10 rounds. Now, when we zoom in on picks five through eight in round one, I feel better about this range than I have in recent years, because usually I'm not a fan of the middle. You sort of get all the elite talent up front. You don't get the benefit of having that turn at the back and you end up with a pretty average looking team. But I think it's a little bit different this year because we have a top five in my eyes, that is very clearly 
whatever order you want, really, McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase. Three of those are wide receivers, which means that when we're in home leagues and we have guys who don't like taking wide receivers early, they're going to be very tempted. Your lead mates are going to be tempted to take Eckler, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, and cause those elite wide receivers in Cup, Jefferson, and Chase to fall to your seventh overall pick, eighth overall pick. Also, the 105 is a great spot in this range too because it guarantees you at least Jamar Chase out of that top five, who I would consider in his own tier between the 101 through 104 and then the 106 to like 110-ish. So you already have access. You're, you're guaranteed a Jamar Chase at the 105. And then the rest of them, you might be able to get some falling elite wide receiver studs. Now, I wanted to show you as a draft board so you guys can see things a little bit clearer and actually visualize things. But this is going to be a draft board using the ADP from last week's NFFC high stakes leagues, which are the ones that we're doing on stream. You guys have been absolutely killing those streams, by the way. There's real money on the line. These leagues mimic your sharper home leagues, not your you know, Yahoo, a bunch of tacos are in there. But if you have a home league or some kind of setup like that, where you're playing with experienced managers or somewhat experienced managers, this is what it's going to generally look like. Now, I'm not an artist, but I tried my best to sort of box things up and circle things and try and draw on the draft board so you guys can kind of see where my head is at. I have picks 105 to 108 boxed in so you can see where we're picking, of course. And I have Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, circled because in this area you're hoping that somebody reaches on those running backs and they push those elite wide receivers to you i highly doubt that a mccaffrey or a jt ever ends up at the 105 but it's not going to be super rare to find a jefferson or a cup at that 105 spot now let's say you're in the 106 to 108 spot those three are gone that i circled i have three main targets that i have in a tier ahead of the rest where i have austin eckler stefan diggs and Devonte adams as my next targets that i'm looking at in this area now, Austin Eckler, straightforward. He was the RB2 in points per game last year. Maybe he doesn't have a legendary 24-plus point-per-game season in him, right? He had 20 touchdowns last year. was only like a 21.5-point-per-game guy. But he's enough of a difference maker on an elite offense that he has to be my 106. He feels like a very cozy pick. He has much less question marks than the rest of these running backs like Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry. He feels comfortable. He feels cozy. You take him at the 106 and you're looking good to go. Which then brings me to the wide receivers, and I think people are going to be a little bit uncomfortable taking Devontae Adams or Stephon Diggs this early, especially in half PPR. And I want to get that clear. Even in half PPR, I am taking Devontae Adams, I'm taking Stephon Diggs over those running backs I mentioned. And this is my thought process here. I've been trying to be super aware of historical trends when it comes to these wide receivers versus running backs in the first two rounds. And as we can see here from Pat Corrine's research, we'll make sure that I link the article down below. I feel like I link it in every single video. But Pat Corrine had a great article talking about legendary running backs and their upside. And he examined the floors of wide receivers versus running backs, looking at their bust rate in the first five or so rounds. And what has really stuck out for me is that as much as running backs do bust across the board, running back versus wide receiver bust rates in round two are almost identical. Meaning if we're going to go wide receiver early, we're probably better off taking one in the first round because the market has them pushed up that high into the first round where people don't want to take wide receivers for a reason. First wide receivers only bust about half as much as other first round running backs. So once we're out of the woods of those clearly elite running backs like Jonathan Taylor, McCaffrey, Eckler, I think we have to be prioritizing Adams and Diggs, partly because the rest of the running backs don't stand out much and because of the bust rate difference from round one to round two wide receivers. So the way that I see the first round is we have five elite first round caliber receivers. We have, of course, Jefferson, Cup, Chase, and then we have Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs. 
I see a pretty big tier break from Stephon Diggs and Devonta Adams down to CeeDee Lamb and Debo. There's much more question marks there. They're second round picks. I would prefer those guys after the running backs going in this first round area. The other reason I'm prioritizing these elite first round wide receivers is because of scarcity, right? There's only those five wide receivers in my eyes that are elite difference makers at the wide receiver position from day one. Once you go down to CeeDee Lamb, Debo Samuel, it sort of falls off a cliff there. And from that point, I think you're better off mixing in the running backs. And the other reason I like those elite wide receivers up top is because I see that tier of Najee, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Swift, even Alvin Kamara. I see them all in the same tier. And sometimes you can get them to fall back to you in the early to mid second round. I've seen Saquon get to like the 206, 207. Same thing with DeAndre Swift. Same thing with an Alvin Kamara. And I also don't even see a big drop off from that tier to say, Aaron Jones and Javante Williams. So this is sort of how I see the second round. I boxed our picks again, team five through eight. I gave a pink box, or like a purplish box to Stefan Diggs, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Devonte Adams, Saquon Barkley, Derrick Henry, and DeAndre Swift as clear smashes if they fall past ADP. If any of, the, if any of those options are on the board when you're picking at, what would this be, like the 204? No, the 205, 206, 207. All of those guys are auto picks. Now, if all of those options are off the board, I see a big tier of CeeDee Lamb, Travis Kelsey, Debo Samuel, Kamara, Aaron Jones, and Javante Williams in whatever order you want. To me, these are clearly the only two wide receivers that belong in round two very firmly. I see the rest of these guys, you know, Pittman, Tyree Kill, A.J. Brown, as even as much as I love A.J. Brown, they are fringe, you know, two, three turn guys. They aren't firm round two talents. I also think these running backs, Kamara, Jones, Javante all have legendary upside and then you have Kelsey which from a structural standpoint elite tight ends are valuable I think him at any point in the second round is a great pick now when you guys look at this draft board and you see who I started you guys are going to say well what about Leonard Fournette or what about Mixon why doesn't he really belong in there and I have him in that next tier to me they are late seconds that two three turn guys sort of like the Pittmans and the Tyree Kills and the AJ Browns of the world because to me they don't have legendary upside where Mixon were heading into year six we've had five seasons of him he hit his highest points per game ever last year at 18 points per game and he did that on the best offense he's ever played in and he had 16 total touchdowns I don't know how much more he can do he only had 42 catches it wasn't even a career high for him his receiving role won't increase so if he is just going to still be a touchdown dependent RB1 fringe RB1 he's just not somebody that's going to come out here and give you that 20 plus point per game upside Mixon to me is a high floor, low ceiling play. I don't really gun for that at running back. And Fournette is similar here, where he had set a career high last year as well with 18.3 points per game, despite being third in the NFL with the most targets among running backs at 84. Then you also had him on a really strong offense on the Buccaneers. And even then, yes, he was the RB3 in points per game, but 18.3 points per game isn't moving the needle a ton. Again, I'm aiming for 20 plus, even in the back half of the second round or in the mid-second round, I would like to have 20 plus points per game in the range of outcomes, I don't really see it for either of these backs. Now, I want to make clear, I would be thrilled to have Fournette or Mixon fall to me in the mid-third or early third or at that 2-3 turn, and that's what we're going to talk about now, is the third round. I want to make it clear here, this is third round reversal of this ADP. So just pretend it isn't, right? So it has the second round comes, and then the third round comes straight as well. Just pretend that it's a serpentine, whatever. Just, just worry about the players for now, okay? And with this, I have those wide receivers... And just that area of that 2-3 turn boxed in purple. Because if any of A.J. Brown, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, Tyree Kill, 
any of those guys fall to this 305, 306, 307 area, they're all absolute smashes. I also gave Mark Andrews a purple star here. I would consider him in that tier as well. I don't know why he isn't seen that way in ADP. It really just comes down to if you need an elite tight end, how you feel about having an elite tight end. But I think at any point in the third round, Mark Andrews is a fine pick. Now, those are all guys that are clear values to me. They'll be falling a little bit. Like maybe you can get one of them to fall like three or four picks past ADP and you can get a good value on your hands. If not, and everything goes chalk, my next targets are ETN, Kyle Pitts, Keenan Allen, DJ Moore, Mike Williams, and Jalen Waddle. ETN is the one dead zone back that I'm absolutely fine taking a swing on. There's a ton of upside there. Pass catching back home run ability Pitts gives you insane upside and he gives you a positional advantage at tight end so I think he's fine there as well and then Keenan Allen DJ Moore Mike Williams Jalen Waddle for me aren't particularly studs at wide receiver but I feel comfortable taking them in the mid third if I have to as fringe wide receiver one types it's also important to note that this area picks five through eight as much as it sucks picking in the middle one of the reasons why it's actually a little bit better to pick here is that you can get the sliding ADP value in every single round. So be extremely aware of that. See what players are falling past ADP because at every single turn, the picks are going to have to come through you to get to that, that other turn. And you can get a lot of falling value that way. If you just sort of sit in the pocket, look at ADP, take your values, don't reach a little bit, and you can go out there and have a pretty solid draft. So now we're going to take you guys to the mock draft portions of the video. I'm going to pull up my 105 in a second. All right, so everyone's on the same page. This is going to be one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a tight end, and two flex, full PPR. And at the 105, we get a gift, that gift that we were talking about where someone takes Eckler in the top four and you get a Justin Jefferson or a Cooper Cup to fall in your lap. And that's what we get here. We get Justin Jefferson at the 105. We come back around to this two spot and we get two of those values we were talking about earlier. We see Javante Williams, we see Debo Samuel. That's a tough decision for me to make, but I like the round three wide receivers more than I like the round three running backs, right? We want to be avoiding the dead zone. So I think in this area, I'm just going to take Javante, take this upside swing at that legendary running back, give me my hero RB, and then in the third round, that's when we'll start hammering out wide receivers. And when we get to the third round, we actually have a, a choice of AJ Brown, Tyree Killer, T. Higgins. I go for AJ Brown there, but again, these strategy videos aren't player take videos. If you think that Tyree Kill is a screaming value there and I'm an idiot for taking AJ Brown, knock yourself out, take your Tyree kill. Now we come back around into the fourth round and there's not a ton of value here on my board and my rankings. I have Jerry Judy, the highest out of the rest of them. I mean, maybe you could swing a Brees Hall here if you want, but we go Judy and then we come around to this fifth round draft spot. And this is the first tough decision of this draft. We can go a multitude of different ways. There's still plenty of wide receiver value. We have Metcalf, Bateman, Juju to pick from. We have Akers, who's interesting. I think Akers, even as much as I don't it's not even so much that I don't love Akers, but Akers is really only interesting to me in the fifth round, and he's here at this point. And then we have Kittle and Waller, who are also interesting, just to get elite tight ends in a hero RB build. And I will say, in all these mocks, I always go elite tight end, so I wanted to snag a falling Cam Akers and kind of see what happened. It's also, this is the first time, I think, in one of these videos where I went hero RB, and then I took a detour for running back in the dead zone. So you kind of, in this setup... It's almost like a modified double hero RB where we have to treat Cam Akers as our second hero RB, build around them as if they're going to smash this season, right? Because if Akers does exceed expectations and it, he's fine off the Achilles and he's giving you RB1 production, that's an absolute smash in the fifth round. You just have to make sure that you don't draft. You don't want to hammer running backs at the end the same way you would with a hero RB build. You want to make sure that you have enough wide receiver firepower and you don't want to bet against yourself because if you start hammering out those running back archetypes up into the 8th, ninth, 7th round, and you're not getting enough of those 
wide receiver is getting enough wide receiver firepower, then you're almost betting that Cam Akers is going to get hurt, if that makes sense. With a lot of these strategies, we want to be able to build super teams. And when we draft a Cam Akers, we have to kind of assume that we're right and he hits, and then we have to draft our wide receiver firepower. So here we get to the sixth round, and I talk all this up about wide receiver, and we go quarterback. The wide receiver value is a little bit flat here. I was looking at Thielen, Amari Cooper, Drake London. All just don't feel great as six rounders, if I'm being honest. So I opt for the elite quarterback. We go Kyler Murray, especially since we missed out on an elite tight end. I think a good way to make up for that is with a Kyler Murray. So then we come around to the seventh round. Ayuk was a value here. I have him as like a six round pick. So we take him here, come back around to the eighth round. Devonta Smith is a seventh rounder for me. Take him in the eighth round very easily. And then we get to the ninth round. And again, we really need to hammer out wide receivers here. We already took three detours. So we grab another wide receiver. We go Olave. He's in a tier with like Traylon Burks for me, Claypool, Garrett Wilson, Sky Moore. And I never go with Crystal Olave. So I figured why not take him here? And now we're in the 10th round. We have wide receivers through the flex plus two. We can technically stop drafting them. We have an elite quarterback. We could use some running back depth. We need tight end help. Now, I'm not a big Zach Ertz fan, but in the 10th round, I think he's fine. And he stacks with Kyler, so we get some kind of correlation here. Then we come around to the 11th round. Gainwell's a value here. Ivan's like a 10th, 9th round type guy. Andy stacks with our AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. Sort of Eagles correlation going on here without the quarterback. And then in the 12th round, we get Hunter Henry, just to make sure we're all good at tight end. And then we hammer out Pacheco, because why not? And then we go Rondale Moore, just to get a little bit more wide receiver firepower after taking the two detours for running backs earlier. And then we also get Rondale Moore, so that he stacks with Kyler Murray and Zach Ertz. We have a lot of correlation going on in this team. This isn't my favorite team ever, but I think it's a good way to show you guys what happens if, let's say, you commit to a Hero RB build, and then in the fifth round, you're staring down cam Akers, or in the fourth round you're staring down a travis Etienne, or in the sixth round you're you're staring down like a jk dobbins or something it is okay to deviate from that hero rb plan just make sure you take the wide receivers to make up for it and then sort of treat it as a double hero rb build so all in all when we look at this team i think it's a really solid starting lineup where we have kyler murray javante Akers, jefferson aj brown Ertz, judy Ayuk. only real weak point there is zach Ertz to me and then we have devonta smith chris olave off the bench gainwell hunter henry to sort of rotate in with Ertz, Pacheco, Rondell Moore. It's a fine team. I would give it like a B plus A minus. So we're picking out of the 106 for this mock. And I wanted to have a setting here where it goes chalk in those first five picks. Let's say a lot of your league mates have my rankings on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. And the first five picks go exactly the way that I believe they should. So from there, we don't get any screaming values. We go Eckler. If you like Devonta Adams or Diggs over Eckler, have at it. I think they're fine picks as well in this spot, but we go Eckler here. We come back around to the second round, and again, we're choosing between a elite running back and Debo Samuel. And as much as I love Debo Samuel, again, it is that second round wide receiver versus running back debate, and then also thinking ahead to the third round, fourth round, fifth round, where we don't want to take running backs in that area. It's probably better to get the running back in there, and I think that there's a, a bigger difference between, say, a Aaron Jones versus a ETN acres Brees hall than there is between a debo samuel and like an aj brown t higgins to me so we go aaron jones we lock in a traditional double hero rb build here we come back around into the third round t higgins falls into our lap fine we take him here and then we have the fourth round and i've been on record that i don't love mike williams but that's because on underdog he goes early to mid third on here if he's going to come to the mid fourth i think mike williams is a fine pick at any point in the fourth round so we need that wide receiver firepower bad anyways with taking two running backs up top. We kind of get some value here with T. Higgins and Mike Williams to make up for that. We come around to the fifth round, 
And again, making up for lack of wide receivers. Here you can take whoever you like between Bateman, Metcalf, Michael Thomas, Juju. Here we go Bateman. Then we have round six Judy, which is just silly value. And now we're in the seventh round. We have two elite running backs. We have wide receivers through the flex. Preferably over these next four picks, we want two wide receivers. Now we have a really tough decision between Drake London, Brandon Ayuk, and Jalen Hurts. We go Hurts. We lock in an elite difference maker in our starting lineup. Then we get to the eighth round. Drake London and Ayuk are gone. So we don't really have any wide receivers that I like in this area. So we pivot. We go to TJ Hawkinson, who I would say is the only tight end that I would bother drafting between the elite tight ends and then the streamers, like the Friar Muths, Comets, Hunter Henrys. I think Hawkinson, if he's there in the eighth round, if he's there in the ninth round, he's more than a fine pick to me. I don't think he has crazy upside, but a tight end four to six finish, I think is absolutely fine for TJ Hawkinson. And in the eighth round, in a build like this where we can use whatever we can elsewhere, we'll take that tight end. Then ninth, tenth round, we hammer wide receiver. We go Chase Claypool, we go Garrett Wilson, and now we have wide receivers through the flex, plus two by round 10. We have two elite running backs. We have a quarterback and we have a tight end. We don't need a streamer at either of our onesies. We now kind of have the freedom to do whatever we want here at the end of the draft. And here, I build out some running back depth. We go with two rookie upside swings and Ty Davis Price and Rashad White. We know that rookie running backs backload their points. So we're going to lock in Eckler and Aaron Jones for like the first 10 weeks, you know, six to eight weeks, hopefully. And then after that, hopefully our rookie running backs emerge or we sort of churn through the bench, find other waiver wire replacements. And then on top of that, we also go Jahan Dotson and Julio Jones, where we're just trying to make up for passing on wide receiver in those first two rounds, get some firepower on the back end. And when we look at this team, it's a classic double hero RB build. And this is what it should look like. Elite quarterback, middle of the road tight end, two elite running backs with Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, T. Higgins, Mike Williams, Rashad Bateman, Jerry Judy, Claypool, Garrett Wilson sort of mixing in there. It's a really fun, balanced team. I would give it like an A right on the nose. Then we have the 107. And here we get blessed with a falling Cooper Cup at the 107. And then we get blessed with a falling Devontae Adams. This is the dream zero RB start through two rounds. If you can get two of Jefferson, Cup, Chase, Diggs, Adams, I think you're set. And I think this is going to be plausible, possible, whatever you want to call it, in your home leagues. Even in half PPR, this is a start that I'm fine with. Then we get around to the third round. This is a really tough decision. All of the wide receivers I wanted are gone, right? So the T. Higgins of the world, Debo's, A.J. Brown's, Pittman's, the CPU's completely wiped out the wide receivers here. So I'm really just looking at Kyle Pitts and Travis Etienne. I have Etienne one spot ahead of Pitts, but I think in this build, right, zero RB, an elite tight end just makes more sense here. And as much as we can get Waller or Kittle later, there's no guarantee that can happen right in this spot. I think Pitts is a fine pick to make here and it gives us a lot of flexibility down the line. Then we hammer Hollywood Brown, Jerry Judy, Elijah Moore in those fourth, fifth, and sixth rounds. And yes, I know people are going to be scared off by this Elijah Moore pick where it's weird to draft a player in the sixth round that is going to sit on your bench in week one. But the thesis of zero RB is to have a massive advantage at flex. And this is what this does. Zero RB is not for the best week one lineup. It's for the best playoff championship type lineup now we come around to the seventh round and this is a tough decision we could just take devonta smith amari cooper and be done at wide receiver but i decided to go clyde edwards alaire we get some running back firepower and i think that taking elijah moore in that sixth round it gave us the ability to kick wide receiver down the road to like the 10th 11th round we can worry about running backs we can worry about quarterbacks in this area so then eighth round comes we take trey lance here before the best quarterback targets are gone again in zero rb builds 
we want to make sure that we have elite onesies. So we want an elite quarterback, we want an elite tight end, and we want to be loaded through the flex. That's what this team is at this point. Ninth round comes. We take Ramondre Stevenson as our RB2. If you prefer one of the Buffalo running backs, have at it. Tenth round, we take our last wide receiver in George Pickens. I think Garrett Wilson there would have been fine too, but I wanted to switch it up a little bit. And then we close out this draft with Darrell Henderson, Jamal Williams, Eno Benjamin, Zach Moss. And when you look at this team, through the lens of a pure zero RB team, in, in terms of zero RB teams, I think it's as good as they come. I would give it an A+. We have Cup. We have Devontae Adams as our wide receivers. Trey Lance, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Ramondre Stevenson. Both Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Ramondre Stevenson are not giving you zeros in week one. Those are legitimate fringe RB2s as soon as week one. Marquise Brown, Jerry Judy in the flex. Elijah Moore and George Pickens mixing in there. And you have Jamal Williams. You have Eno Benjamin, Darrell Henderson, Zach Moss mixing in as our you know, RB archetypes. And we'll be churning out that bench. If you're going to go zero RB, I think this is the model for what it should look like. And now we have our last mock of the day from the 108 spot. And for this one, let's say we're in a sharp room. The top five are gone. Eckler are gone. And you're up at 108. And all you really have is Stephon Diggs. So you hang in the pocket, you take Stephon Diggs, and we go from there. Now, the second round comes around, and we have a lot of options here. We have CeeDee Lamb, we have Alvin Kamara, we have Javante Williams, we have Aaron Jones, all guys that I had starred as targets for round two. And I actually recently moved Kamara ahead of CeeDee Lamb, so we went Kamara here. And it seems like he's going to play a full season, and I actually moved Kamara not super high. I moved him to the 202 in my rankings, where at this point, we can be pretty confident he won't be suspended and I think just the suspension brings as much risk as guys in his range like Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry who have a bunch of injury questions. I think that that's just another question mark for Alvin Kamara, similar to those guys. He has the same type of upside. At this point, I'm comfortable taking him early second round. So we go Kamara here, and then we come around to the third round, and sadly, we don't get any screaming values here. AJ Brown is gone. T. Higgins is gone. I'm looking at ETN or DJ Moore here. We end up going DJ Moore. Maybe ETN falls on the way back is what I was thinking, and if not, I wanted to show you guys a pure hero RB build at some point in this video, so I'm fine with that. Now we come around to the fourth round, and again, fourth round Mike Dub all day long. Then we come around to the fifth round, and we get our elite tight end. Hero RB build, I prefer having elite tight end in there if I can. It's not a must, but the goal of a hero RB build is to have every position outside of RB2 be as stacked as possible. Then the sixth round comes. Again, Judy in the sixth round is just dumb. Seventh round, Kyler Murray should be a fifth round pick. So he's just a, a crazy value here. And now through seven rounds, we have wide receivers through the flex. We have elite onesies, right? Quarterback and tight end. And then we have a stud running back. Now all we need is just two more wide receivers before round 10-ish and a bunch of RB2 dart throws. So then our next pick comes here. And you can make the case for Kadarius Tony or Clyde Edwards-Alaire to me. And I just think that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is someone who's been sneaking up into the early 7th, late 6th at this point. 8th round CEH is too rare to pass up on. So we take CEH here. And then at the 9th, 10th round, ideally we want to double tap wide receivers here to meet our 6 wide receivers through 10 rounds. You know, threshold, goal, whatever you want to call it. But wide receiver talent dried up. So we go Burks. And we could have gone, you know, Pickens or Garrett Wilson on the way back. They're both gone. And we have a 10th round Rashad Penny staring us in the face. So we take 10th round Rashad Penny. We take the value. We miss out on our goal of six wide receivers. But I think it's really important to show you guys what happens when you can't do that. So from here, we kind of improvise a little bit. In 11th round, James Cook falls to us. Another crazy value. We take that. Then in the 12th round, we still need wide receiver firepower. But we can wait a little bit longer. We go Rashad White to close out our... RB2 archetypes, and then at the end, we take Jahan Dotson and Wandale Robinson, two rookies who won't produce right away, 
but I think the best way to do these builds right here, RB, zero RB, where we have six wide receivers that are all really, really good in the first 10 rounds, your first four that you're going to be starting on week one, definitely slant that towards week one production, early season production. But once you get to the guys that we're loading onto our bench for later on in the season, rookies, we know, tend to backload their points. So I actually love doing this where we take four wide receivers up top and then the rest of our wide receivers are all rookies. So Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, Wandale Robinson. I love George Pickens, Garrett Wilson, uh, Christian Watson. All of those guys are really fun late round wide receivers to sort of pack on the end of your elite wide receivers up top. Now, as far as Hero RB builds go, I would give this an A, A+. Plus. I would say this is about the best a Hero RB can look without the depth where we take six wide receivers through 10 rounds. And I know we're going to get comments here where I played it really thin at RB2 and people are going to say, well, what happens if Kamara gets suspended or whatever? Either way, if Kamara gets suspended, you're not looking great. Like uh, the, the whole reason to draft Kamara is to benefit from that uncertainty, right? So we get the discount on Kamara and then if he just plays the entire season, you win big. But if you draft Kamara in the second round, then you bet against yourself by just drafting a load of running backs to make sure that if Kamara can't go, that you have contingency plans in place. Yes, that sounds good, but that's a week one play, right? We want to win in the playoffs. We want to win our championships. And if we kind of, you know, triple condom our draft up so that Alvin Kamara's suspension doesn't hurt us, you're sort of clipping the wings of your team's overall upside by planning for that scenario. If you plan that Kamara is not going to be there, then you don't really get the benefit of him not getting suspended. Now, that was just a little bit of a Kamara rant for you guys. That is going to do it for us today. As always, if you want access to the complete rankings, I actually plan to do a full rankings update on Saturday. I've been tweaking them a little bit while I'm doing these videos. Like I said, like moving up Kamara to the 202, I did that on the fly while I was sort of making this video. So if you guys want my most up-to-date rankings out there, if you want to go out there and dominate your drafts, if you want to go out there and have a ranking sheet where I have my top 200 and half PPR and full PPR, it is structured in a way where even though that I seem as like a zero RB guy, I have like my first 15 picks, most of them are running backs. I have the running backs pushed up, so you're getting your legendary running backs early. And then I have the wide receivers pushed up into the dead zone, so you're not taking dead zone running backs. And then I have those green zone running backs, so Ramondre Stevenson, Chase Edmonds, all of those guys in that area, like Devin Singletary and even the uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaires of the world. And you even have the Kareem Hunts and you have the Tony Pollards of the world pushed up into the green zone, so you're not taking Russell Gage and Jacoby Myers archetypes over those really really strong profiles at running back so if you want to go out there win your homely you can get that at patreon.com slash ron stewart it'll be at the top of the description it'll be pinned at the top of the comment section down below now this is running a little bit long so we're going to wrap it up here as always if you enjoyed the video if you learned something new if you think you're going to go out there and crush your draft make sure you go down below subscribe leave a like and i will see you guys in the next one i got the juice i got the juice Channel, Foolies glad I'm home. Even my haters kinda glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my vagabond. Rap a song, singer, suspended subpoena from Mr. Meaner's dream.